Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Spartan Spotlight Podcast. I'm Justin Thind. I'm here with my co-host Corey Robinson. Uh, big episode today, recapping all the festivities at the spring game this past Saturday. How are you doing today, Corey? I'm doing great. Just uh, trying to find extra hours in the day to kind of catch up with uh, everything that took place this weekend and even since then they still got the coaches out there offering new guys and guys coming up on visits and getting offers so yeah it's definitely been a, a wild few days here yeah i'm just glad that my fingers finally work again after saturday it took a few hours to get them back um obviously it's still snowing outside so the weather hasn't gotten any better but at least we're not out there on the sideline for two hours today but yeah lots of lots of fun kind of developments coming out of the weekend um, even the people that haven't gotten crystal ball predictions, there's a lot of excitement around those guys. And then obviously we put in some picks and there's just a lot to cover, but I guess we can just start off by kind of recapping the environment and, and the energy there. And uh, kind of what I took away from standing on the sideline there for that whole game was there were just so many recruits. There were some on one sideline, some on the other sideline. Uh, they were there with parents or with trainers or videographers and uh, T Grizzly was there and uh, former players like William Golston was there. They had uh, the Dowell brothers there. Kenneth Walker was there. Uh, there was a lot of hitting going on, just the, the sounds, the the vibes, everything was great. And then uh, we got a chance to talk to a lot of recruits while we were there on the sidelines and they all kind of said the same positive things about the stadium that seems to be an underrated kind of quality that a lot of recruits rave about with MSU. I know maybe for us that have kind of been around the stadium and have seen the stadium and the attendance number is not that high. So sometimes I guess we take it for granted, but it's something that a lot of these kids find to be cool. So that's great to hear. And um, I guess we could start diving into some specifics, but any, any big picture thoughts that you had about the day, Corey? Yeah, I thought it was overall, as far as the fans, obviously uh, you want it to be full, but with the weather and everybody knowing that it wasn't going to be a, a game setting, more of a practice setting, uh, I thought the fans did well enough where I don't think that they didn't make a negative impression on anybody, any of the recruits there. They didn't obviously blow them away by filling it up. So it was kind of like... It, you know they're a non-factor thing and which is not to be a bad thing that's a good thing because you don't want to have it be so empty that people see that and be like wow nobody's here so I think overall that, that part of it was good enough uh and I know we were talking uh with DJ Hicks at the time that they did one of the go green go white chants and you saw him kind of light up and he's like, man, this must be really loud during games. And we had mentioned that the Michigan game, how when Kenneth Walker scored his, what was that, the fifth touchdown to go up? Is yeah. that all he had that day? Uh, how the press box started shaking. It was so loud. So you could kind of see them looking into the stadium. And I, I thought that caught me by surprise too, is hearing DJ Hicks and uh Zion Taylor and Ruben Owens and a few other guys talk about how big the place was because like you said we see it all the time so we almost uh take it for granted that <laughs> that it is that big I guess yeah no doubt I think that's definitely a 
uh, a takeaway that that I agree with, with with DJ Hicks and we were kind of talking to him and he had the mic clipped right on him uh, that his videographer had on him and yet uh, the mic wasn't picking up what he was saying during that chant because it was just that electric and, and loud and that was just a small I want to say 100 or 200 people doing that chant right behind where we were standing it wasn't even like the usual stadium so definitely impressive by the people that did come to to bring some energy but I guess, yeah, we can start with, with DJ Hicks and then another five-star Ruben Owens uh, with when we dive into specifics right now. And and those guys had a lot of great things to say. I know you had that tweet that went uh, pretty viral with what Ruben Owens said about how Mel Tucker is the king of East Lansing and he wants to be here. He can see himself as the prince of East Lansing. And uh, I guess any any overarching thoughts that you want to share about Owens and Hicks or just what you think about those recruitments right now? Yeah, I think they made a a big impact on both of them. Uh, I know you kind of, I got a few things with Hicks that, uh, or his dad that he sent over. But uh, for me with Owens, I talked to him and he even admitted, because I asked him point blank, I said, did you, uh, did the visit surprise you a little bit? And maybe like that Michigan State's got so much more going on than you even thought coming into the visit. And he uh, said, yeah, there's definitely a lot of, a lot more juice and energy in this program. And I can definitely see myself here. Uh, so they did a great job with Ruben Owens, I think. Um, well, I I know when he's going to decide uh, his official visit, but I'll keep that for now. But, uh, but he is going to take an official visit in June. Uh, that the coaches did a good enough job to lock that up. And I've heard uh, rumors that he won't be alone for that visit. Uh, There's a good chance if the logistics work out that uh, DJ Hicks will also be there with him. Uh, And I know for you, you interviewed him personally, so you could probably speak on his recruitment and the impact on that a little more, but I do know talking to people around his recruitment that, uh, they knocked it out with him and that there's a very strong chance that uh, he will be back in June as well. Right. Yeah. So that's definitely the case. What, even when, uh, when DJ was talking about the visit, um, he didn't really, he, he's like one of those guys that's even keeled and doesn't like light up a ton when you speak to him, but the way he was describing it definitely seemed like he was just seeing a whole new side of Michigan state that he didn't expect. I kind of got the vibe that, he just made the trip up there just because of Brandon Jordan and that he uh, kind of liked the idea of playing for Mel Tucker, but he didn't really know a lot about the program. But when he was describing the entire day visit that he had over there and just what he saw from the stadium, the fans, the energy, it seemed like Michigan State thoroughly put themselves in the forefront of that recruitment. And uh, now, I guess, I wouldn't say he's like Michigan State's in the top two or three or anything, but now they're kind of squarely in the mix for an official visit, like you were saying. And yeah, I think uh, if those guys can make it happen with a combination of Owens and Hicks making it up for the same weekend, I think then you're really starting to build some momentum and those guys kind of talking each other into it being a realistic possibility. And uh, yeah, a lot of credit to Brandon Jordan and uh, Mel Tucker for what they've done in that in those two recruitments. And Kind of speaking of just Brandon Jordan, uh, that brings us to Eno Etta, who we both kind of put in some crystal ball picks for with the caveat that there's nothing imminent that we expect there just yet. Uh, but that's a, that's another guy that just loved his time at Michigan State, and this is a second trip up here on his own dime. 
and uh, he'll be back for an official visit. And it's, it's, he's a, he's a recruit that generates a lot of excitement, I guess. Um, you were, you were right there when he was kind of talking about the visit, but any, anything that really jumps out about, you know, Atta that we haven't touched on in the past. Uh, he, seeing him in person, like he, he's legit. <laughs> like that's, that's, he looks like a, a upperclassman college ready, uh, defensive end already <laughs> defensive lineman. So, uh, just seeing that size was nice. And then, uh, being able to kind of like, I like being able to see, the kids look them in the eye when you're asking them a question, not so much even about Michigan state, but about other schools that he might have interest in. So getting a good gauge there, I think that made it easier for both of us, I think to put in that crystal ball, even though, like you said, it's not an imminent thing. Uh, but, but I definitely think it's trending pretty heavily in Michigan state's favor. Uh, if I had one thing that stuck out, that you want to look out for. I guess it does seem that he has a, a love for the state of California because a lot of the teams he mentioned uh, come from California, whether it was Stanford, who I think is his number two team, uh, USC a little bit, Cal, uh, UCLA. So he, he seems to like California, but I think Michigan State, Jordan, all of that is definitely a huge factor. And then something I thought that was really cool that uh, – you mentioned in your article, but seeing that was uh, how much uh, former five-star NFL uh, veteran now, uh, William Golston, uh, spent a lot of time talking with uh, Enow and kind of, uh, you know, gave him his thoughts on why he likes Michigan State and why uh, it was the right place for him. And then even gave him some career advice uh, of taking up some jujitsu and all of that. So, and I mean, that wasn't just a quick conversation. We saw we'll go up to him and spend a, a great deal of time with him on a couple different occasions, just in the, the time period we were kind of in that part of the field with Eno and them. Yeah, definitely. It was great to see how uh, Golson was interacting with him and uh, he was just kind of demonstrating like some swim moves enthusiastically to some of the current players on the team. I kind of saw and, he was just uh, kind of very active and lively and uh, all smiles over there on the sideline. And that was good to see. And yeah, just uh, to wrap up Enow kind of, yeah, nothing really imminent there, but when we put in a crystal ball, uh, you guys kind of know that we're very picky with when we put those in. So if we just put in a crystal ball for someone that's not really imminent in terms of their announcement, then that kind of means that we think of a lead as just way too concrete and notable to ignore and, that's kind of what we feel here, but yeah, he's, he's a guy that did mention a lot of California schools like Cal UCLA, I believe. And, and some of those schools, but it's, yeah, I, I think Michigan state has a great lead there. He is looking to major in computer science. That's uh, in the article that I dropped today. So I, I guess, yeah, those Cal schools are really academic oriented and, and they do probably possess um, a lot of, uh, strengthen those engineering programs but yeah i think at the end of the day michigan state has a has a pretty big lead there and then uh, i guess another big name top 154 star would be elliot washington um that was a flip pick that we put in a few days ago he's a kid that uh, as we've covered a lot 
on on Spartan Tailgate and on Twitter is the fact that he has Sardarian Adams, Marcus Waters, Nehemiah Warwick, all these guys in his circle that are former Spartans with Warwick being his uncle. He's somebody that Michigan State was never going to give up on. And Alabama is where he went, but Michigan State stayed in contact with him. And uh, now it seems like uh, he really, really enjoyed his visit to East Lansing. And uh, some conversations were had regarding uh, his future and, and where he wants to go. But uh, Nick Saban and Alabama are not just going to kind of make it easy. And uh, that also goes to show you that that it's not some kid that Alabama doesn't really value or he's getting processed out or anything like that. That's a legit, legit kid that they want. But I guess, Corey, I'll turn it over to you. Any any insight into just Elliott Washington as a whole, uh, the past few months of his recruitment, and I guess what to kind of look out for in the future? Yeah, he's like you said, he's a great player. Um, I had noticed uh, that he posted a picture of a visit to Georgia. Uh, I believe that was probably in March. And I had talked to you and I talked to Steven in our group chat that we had and kind of mentioned, and I said, Hey, let's keep an eye on him. I don't think this is completely wrapped up. And then of course, uh, I think the Monday before the spring game is when I got tipped off that he was coming up, but, uh, which he confirmed with me and he had asked to keep it, uh, private until he had mentioned something about it which everybody saw he tweeted it out that he was coming so so that's out there um as far as what made michigan state the the uh, threat for him is just the relationships he has with uh mel tucker harlan barnett uh scotty hazelton and uh ross ells even uh so he's got a long-standing relationship with those guys he's been on campus I believe that's probably at least his third time because he came up a couple times uh last summer once the visits opened up great friends with Chuck Brantley Nehemiah Works nephew like you mentioned uh just that whole Tampa area there's just a lot of Michigan State connections and he's always felt strongly with those connections so I don't know. I'd say his top three when he went to Alabama was Alabama, Ohio State, and Michigan State. Obviously, he was committed to Alabama, so they're pretty high on his list. Ohio State, uh, that's an interesting one because a lot of those defensive coaches that he formed that strong bond with are gone now. They kind of revamped the defensive staff, so that kind of took a hit to them. So then when he started coming into this visit, I started looking at it as a whole and I'm like Michigan state's got a chance to do some damage here with what they have going for them. And that Ohio state's got kind of cleared out. Georgia's probably the new hot team to join uh, them in the top three, but yeah, obviously we heard enough positive things uh, out of his visit for us to put in a, the crystal ball. So yeah, definitely a great player and would be huge for Michigan state. Uh, I know a lot of people focus on, the impact of flipping it from Alabama, which I get it. And that's pretty cool side thing. But the biggest takeaway is that he's a really damn good player and he'd probably start at Michigan state next year. And that's why the staff wants him. Yeah, that's going to be a it's going to send some shockwaves around college football nationally about the, the saving storyline. But like, like you said, it's, it's about more than that too. And he's definitely a good player, but yeah, it's a lot of a momentum with these top 150 guys, the, the five stars we talked about. And 
and then Elliot Washington, and then, um, you know, Etta, obviously. And, but even further down that, like you look at a guy like Elijah Page, who uh, maybe we haven't written about as, as much as some of these other guys like Peyton Kirkland and whatnot, but the, the staff likes him as much as pretty much any tackle out there. Maybe he's not at that Samson Okalola or Chase Basantis level, but uh, other than that, there's not many people that are that are better than him that and that the, the staff likes more than him. And if you kind of want proof of that and you're not one of those people that um, are just going to look at tape and, and get on the same page as us about the uh, underrated factor there, look at the offer sheet and uh, kind of see the schools that have offered him and you'll see kind of what he's all about. And uh, there are other guys out there, too, that are underrated guys to kind of follow after this weekend. Uh, there's DK Kalu, whose dad played uh, with Marco Coleman, uh, two different stops in the NFL. Our colleague Alan True uh, kind of wrote about that tidbit in his uh, post spring game recap today. And uh, I guess, Corey, what are some names uh, or anything else you want to touch on beyond those uh, headliners that we already have touched on uh, in regards to your spring game recruiting takeaways? Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take the other five star and not be able to say his last name, probably. <laughs> Francis Maui Goa uh, uh, from IMG Academy, the number two offensive tackle in the country. He's, he's not a real talkative kid. He doesn't really talk to the recruiting services, so I don't expect to hear anything back from him. But talking to people around him, it seemed like they uh, made a pretty strong impression on him. And uh, seeing him in person, he's every bit of six five and three thirty, but he almost looked skinny like he could add another 20 pounds easily and keep his momentum he's just a massive massive guy and then uh sticking with img2 uh jordan hall uh linebacker four star probably the the top linebacker target for michigan state uh seeing him in person like he, he looked like he could play college football right now uh definitely excited to to see where his recruitment goes as far as with Michigan state and just the season he's about to have this year. Cause he looks just like a big kid, but he's in such great shape, which is a you tip your cat to IMG Academy. There's a reason why all of those great players are going down there to train. You just saw all four of those guys, uh, Caden, uh, Strayhorn 2025, yep. uh, who's going to be one of the better offensive linemen in that class. Once they put the rankings out eventually, uh, we've seen him before he went to IMG and then seeing him this weekend, like he's huge now and he's still only a freshman. So he's gonna, he looks like he, he's got that look of that guy. That's going to be six, three, six, four, and probably three thirty. just a, a massive interior guard. I'm thinking, uh, but he really impressed me too. And obviously his family ties are strong and, if you follow him on social media, you can tell the visit made a huge impact on him and that, I mean, he's going to let his recruitment play out as well. He should, because you only get to do it once, but obviously Michigan state's in a great spot for him with that one. Yeah, agreed. He's uh, definitely very energetic about Michigan state and it's great to see. And uh, it's one of those recruitments that you get excited about because if you can continue to maintain the momentum you have, uh, with uh, Caden Strayhorn, then he becomes a great asset all the way down uh, at IMG Academy. And you know he's going to be um, a great asset recruiting for Michigan State if that's where he also chooses to go because all those 2025 kids at IMG, you know he would be in their ears. 
Um, the kids that are a year younger than him, that will be 2026 kids. He will make an impression on them. So it, it's, it's definitely recruitment. I almost feel like you could correct me if I'm wrong. It almost felt like he made a pretty strong impression on the older guys too. <laughs> yeah. Like, like when we would see them together, uh, he's familiar with the campus. So you would see, uh, them kind of following him around and listening to him talk about things. Cause he knows a lot more than most uh, recruits that come on campus due to his dad and mom being graduates. And definitely. So, so I thought he kind of showed some leadership skills that you saw with him there too. But uh, yeah, I think I, I forgot to mention Paige too, because obviously yeah. we need to talk on him because he is a big, big part of it. And I mean, I don't know how many staff I've heard say this guy's legit. He needs to be ranked higher. Look at his offer list, watch his tape, look at his frame. And this stuff didn't happen this weekend. Like, so it's not something that you attribute to, oh, he had a good visit. So now they, and they feel good with it. So they want to push him. This is stuff that we've been hearing uh, since the winter time where they're just like, no, this guy's better than this. So, I mean, I think the staff holds him just as high as anybody else on the board, no matter what their ranking is. Right. I mean, obviously, like you said, Basantis and uh, Okalula is a little bit different, but but if they ended up with Paige, I, I feel like the coaches would really think that they got themselves a high four-star caliber player, and the offer list probably backs that up because it's not even only that they're good teams, they're good teams that develop offensive linemen routinely every year that he's got offers from. So uh, definitely, definitely a good one. And he locked in his official visit June 10th, I believe going off the right. top of my head. Cause I don't have my notes. So yeah, uh, he's got UCLA. He's taken that in early May. So that's kind of an odd one. So mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to decide sometime in mid-June, maybe the end of June, and kind of wrap his recruitment up. So de- definitely a name. And if you like to watch the film to kind of get an idea for yourself, you need to go check out his film and see what you guys think about him. For sure. And then, uh, yeah, Michigan State already has a lot of guys scheduled for official visits already, and that's definitely going to pick up here uh, in the next uh, month or so. I know they have Clay Whedon also already um, on the docket in terms of uh, having his official visit scheduled. And Clay made some minor headway or airwaves this uh, week because he uh, commented on Eddie Pleasant III's Michigan State commitment video. And uh, Pleasant is a guy that uh, is really exciting in terms of what he brings on the football field. He might not be the most highly ranked guy, but he's very quick to break on the ball. He loves violence. He's always there making tackles, launching into people, kind of like Charles Brantley in a way there. And uh, down down in Florida, you know, those guys are always playing against the best speed and the, and the best talent along with those Texas and Georgia and California guys. So uh, really exciting. You can see in a lot of the uh, clips, he's playing man, locked down by himself uh, out on an island. And uh, he's physical. And like I said, that's kind of what you want out of, out of your corners. You want them to have speed. You want them to play against good speed in high school. You want them to not be afraid of contact because you're, if you're afraid of contact in high school, you're going to be a pretty poor tackler in college. And uh, he is the very opposite of afraid of contact. And that's for sure. And he can match guys stride for stride. And uh, I guess anything to add there on Eddie Pleasant, the third. 
Yeah, I thought he he kind of some of some guys you can almost see that they have a high football IQ watching their yes. tape. Yes. Just because like you can see him reading what's happening mm-hmm. and breaking off of things based off of what he's seeing. Uh takes the right angles, which is kind of I don't know, some people that don't follow it, like that's not really easy for everybody there's not a lot of guys that take the right angles so he just understands the game and how to do it the right way that kind of pops off on his film there's a clip there's a clip in his film on a bubble screen where he almost reacted faster to defending the bubble screen than the receiver that was actually supposed to set up for the bubble screen so he that is a great point that i forgot to mention is he breaks so quickly on predicting what the route is and his football IQ is definitely off the charts, but I'll, I'll let you keep going now. But yeah, definitely. I, I think that's the part. And he's a guy that Marco Coleman was really familiar with mm-hmm. uh, at Georgia tech. I think had Marco stayed at Georgia tech, then uh, pleasant would have been there with him, but it's kind of a unique one because I know uh, Marco tipped Harlan Barnett off to him before the move was made public that Marco Coleman was here. So Michigan State had offered him, I think, like a week or two before it was public that Marco was here. Uh, I know you and I both kind of uh, dove through some of his top targets at Georgia Tech and tried to find guys that could be a a match at Michigan State, and he was mm-hmm. the one that jumped out immediately. Uh, and now, now he's part of the class, but but. I think what was really cool, though, is once Harlan Barnett saw the tape, he fell in love with uh, Pleasant and started hitting them up uh, multiple times a week and building that relationship. And it got to the point where for Pleasant, his two strongest uh, relationships in recruiting ended up being with Marco Coleman and Harlan Barnett. So that, that made the decision really easy for him to come to Michigan State and do it a little bit earlier than he planned because he was a guy that he said he was going to probably take some officials in June, but that it wasn't a locked in thing, but going into it, I think we both talked and said, yeah, I think he could pop on this unofficial visit just because uh, the relationships he has. And he, he's a guy that told me, he said, once I know I'm going to do it and that just changes the plans. For sure. Yeah. But I think he, he'll probably just, I think he'll lose some of the credit he deserves just because of the timing. Cause you're coming off of such a historic visit weekend, but he's definitely a, a guy that I think is going to play a lot of good football here from Michigan state. Yep. He's going to be one of those guys like Caleb Coley, where um, his star ranking is probably never going to end up being a, a fourth star, but he's going to be a name that we're going to keep bringing up every time we look at the recruiting class as a whole and Charles Brantley was that guy for us in 2021. And it seems like Michigan State is continuing year after year to get a three-star cornerback that they like more than a lot of the four-star cornerbacks that they could get. And uh, this is a continuous theme, and it's something that Coach D used to do when he was here. Uh, He obviously did it at a lot of positions. Uh, Michigan State is finding themselves in a position this cycle, especially at offensive line and defensive line, where they can kind of hunt for the uh, the bigger stars, but they're not losing kind of the roots of the program of, oh, let's just go ahead and stargaze and land this, the class that can get us the most Twitter hype. They are co- making a conscious effort to trust their evaluations 
and even on a mission to land a top five class, as you hear, um, as we kind of hear behind the scenes all the time of that being their goal, they are still sticking to their valuations and making the right reads and landing the guys that they believe in more than just landing the guys based on where they're ranked and trying to get buzz out of there. But I guess that kind of wraps up uh, this episode. Corey, are there any last thoughts that we didn't get to from this weekend that you kind of want to touch on? Yeah. Uh, Jalen Thompson too, the cast tech defense. Uh, he, he was back on campus again for, I think the hundredth time, maybe 200 times. Uh, so mm-hmm. that, that was a great visit. Uh, and both of us kind of, upped our confidence level of our crystal ball we already had it in for michigan state i actually Um, forgot to do that but i'm gonna do that right after this podcast uh, (laughs) so good good reminder but yeah i'm right there with you right but but yeah i think he was always a prospect that was saying he wanted to wrap it up in the spring ahead of summer uh so we'll see if that comes to fruition but if it does michigan state is obviously in a very very excellent position for him Yep. Good point. And I guess might as well touch on the other crystal ball we put in of Jacob Odin. Uh, we kind of got some intel there that, that he made some, uh, or I guess he kind of had some conversations about his future and uh, kind of starting to identify where he wants to end up, but it doesn't seem like he's ready to necessarily call it a commitment and make it public. And uh, that's his right. And as a 2024, there's no rush and he should enjoy the process, do his due diligence make sure that everything that he's feeling after this visit is kind of solidified as his recruitment plays out. So that one might not be as, um, I guess, not as imminent of a, of a commitment as maybe we might've thought at first, but that is uh, a lot of good news for Michigan state. uh, If you're kind of trying to read into what this uh, weekend kind of did for his perception of Michigan state. And uh, he's a good player. He's a really good safety He's one of the top players in the state in next year's class. Uh, and next year's class is deeper and more talented, I would say, than this year's class. And uh, one of those guys that got an offer, Dylan Messman. Uh, I know, Corey, you talked to him and you have that article coming up. So keep an eye out for that. Both of his parents are Spartans, I believe you told me. So, uh, yeah, I guess in the future, we can also start looking at more of the 2024 in-state class. But it has uh, more four stars than this year's class does. It has a lot of talent and Michigan state has had a lot of those guys on campus three or more times. So, yeah, I think too, that's kind of like a, a new, new ground for us too with Mount Tucker, because with COVID it slowed some things down as far Mm -hmm. as getting guys on campus and identifying top targets and the, the, later classes so now it's it's kind of been a wild ride just because we're obviously uh neck deep in uh 2023 but now we're adding a lot of 2024 news and visitors to cover too so it's pretty exciting times if you're a subscriber with us at spartan tailgate and uh if you're not i definitely definitely recommend hopping on because this kind of feels like the the beginning of it or the tip of the iceberg of what's ahead for the program and in terms of recruiting and the type of talent they're going to bring in. Right. I'm not sure how uh, the last couple of weeks, uh, I guess even the last month with all the visitors that Michigan state has had in March and in April, and then all the visitors they had on the spring game and just the trend of the way the program's going. I'm not sure how uh, someone is not yet enticed of joining uh, the Shawlane VIP board and all the scoops and all the breaking news we put over there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess if you haven't subscribed yet somehow, definitely go ahead and do that because 
Uh, this is kind of only the beginning here for Michigan State, and uh, June is going to be just as exciting as this uh, spring game weekend was. And uh, when you start to actually see some commitments, you're going to see other kids uh, raise their eyebrows and see what Michigan State is all about, and it should be a good recruiting year, and uh, the future one should only follow it. So uh, with that, that wraps up this week's episode of the Spartan Spotlight. And uh, I guess we'll be back uh, when there's something to discuss here in the near future. And we appreciate it. And uh, thanks for listening.